0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's
2: Wix.com.
1: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code RotoHoops when you deposit on DraftKings. That will give you a free contest entry today. It is Tuesday, January 5th, 2016. We are back. Uh, Nick Whalen here, as I always am, uh, joined by DJ Trainer on Tuesdays. I guess I should say always because uh, last week it was myself and, and the great Shannon McEwen uh who did this podcast you were still away doing christmas stuff i think
2: yeah yeah i travel so much for christmas i got extended into a week and a half thing but you got all over the place yeah yeah. no you and it's not fun i spend more time (laughs) on the highway than at my grandma's house or my mom's or well you got that you have that new vehicle that gets great gas mileage right no i don't uh well how was all that where'd you go uh i went down to oklahoma went up to menominee wisconsin bounced around madison um, yeah, it's just a lot of driving. It's it's really taxing to have uh, family all over the place. But you and Shannon did a great job. I was riveted. I mean, I was listening to it on the highway, mm-hmm. getting terrible gas mileage all the way down. Going uh, up every 20 minutes. Yeah, I really appreciated it.
1: Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, but I mean, obviously glad to have you back. And uh, we'll get kind of back on our regular uh, format. We talked a little bit more, you know, Daily Fantasy last week. That's definitely more Shannon's uh, comfort area. But Yeah, hopefully that was helpful for for people playing DFS last week but we'll get more into kind of overall uh talking about what's been going on in the league we'll touch on uh some of Monday night's games big night in the association with 10 games not so much of a big night tonight uh on Tuesday just four games Bucks Bulls Knicks Hawks Kings Mavs and then that Warriors Lakers Smackdown uh, as the late game on NBA TV so Um, I guess first we should remind everyone podcast is available on iTunes. It's available on Stitcher. It's available on the RotoWire website for download or streaming. Uh, feel free to leave us a nice review. Please do that. If you're listening, especially on iTunes. Uh, and again, you can listen and download from the RotoWire website. That's probably the easiest way to do it. If you don't, uh, if you're not an iTunes user, I should say. Um, but we'll start with a couple more general topics looking at Wednesday night's game. The Philadelphia 76ers are on an absolute tear three wins. In the last six games after trouncing the Timberwolves, 109-99 last night. Is this a bigger win for the Sixers or a bigger loss for Minnesota? Uh, looking at Sam Mitchell's face last night, it was a bigger oh. loss for Minnesota. Like I'd never
2: seen the look on his face of just helplessness. I'll say last night's game was really entertaining. It was fun to watch. I'm not sure if you caught any, maybe the condensed game or something like that. But the 76ers with McConnell on the floor, with Smith on the floor, and all these athletic guys, Grant, uh, Notstowskis, Holmes, Covington, um, Hollis Thompson, Jakar Sampson, they're really flashy if they get somebody who can distribute the ball. And it was it was fun to watch. It was highly entertaining but you know more so you're looking at Minnesota a team that maybe we thought they would contend for the 8 seed or at least get out of the lottery this year or something like that that should be progressing and they obviously this win just or this loss looks looks pretty bad and their defense is just terrible
1: more so than anything else yeah i think this is a worse loss for minnesota than than it is a win for the sixers and and it's interesting you know we were going into christmas what the sixers had one win and, you know, that was kind of I, – I don't remember what, what I was listening to or reading or whatever it was. Somebody was basically saying, we're not making a big enough deal about this. Like the Sixers – you know, everybody's talking about the Warriors having one loss. The Sixers have one win. Like what if what if they finish with three or four? And, and you know, right away you're, you're thinking, you know, we've seen this before. The Nets started off, what was it, 1-19 in 19 that one year. The Sixers have basically done this exact same thing the last two or three years. And it starts to kind of – you know, once once these guys start to mesh a little bit, they they haven't had quite as much roster turnover as they had the last few years where it was just – 10-day contract here you're in you're out and maybe that'll start now that 10 days uh, 10-day contracts can start being dished out uh, for some teams at least as of Tuesday Uh, but you know they have at least a core I guess and that's more than you can say about some of the Sixers teams over the last two years Noel, Okafor, Stauskas, and Grant at least you know that's not a great core but you at least have four guys who have been in the lineup for for the most part together uh this season and and there have been injuries here and there obviously the point guard situation is what they need to figure out more than anything i had a couple people ask me on twitter you know should i be dropping victor oladipo for ish smith and it's like the numbers say you should but we also saw tj mcconnell you know be picked up in, in every league a month ago and then look at him now i mean he's in danger of being cut and i don't think that's necessarily what's going to happen to ish smith but i also don't think they picked up ish smith saying this is our starting point guard of the future
2: I think it was a a changing of the tides in Philadelphia. So you have Colangelo coming in, you have D'Antoni coming in, and now you're making a trade that's very un-Philadelphia-like, where you're trading two second-round picks to acquire someone like... They only have like
1: 45 second-round picks left.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so, well, I mean, most alarming is that they could have got him essentially for free off the waiver wire free agency last season, and so that's why it's very un philadelphia but it's a changing of the guard because we're going to say, you know what? We're going to actually look at chemistry on the court. We're not just evaluating individual pieces of talent. We're thinking about Smith's connection with Noel and, you know, more long-term chemistry. And if you looked at last night's game, I mean, that was coming through. We're, we're obviously really, um, really early into that process. But, I mean, I, I think we're, we're at a point where you do – identify a group of that four or five guys you mentioned and you roll with them this is what you got this is what your your four or five year plan has right now and you just go with it you're going to get one maybe two picks uh, depending where the Lakers finish up Um, and so you know what I think I think you're right You, you have a core now you roll with it and I don't think it's that bad after last night's game they're all very young players
1: yeah, I mean, and when you say it's not that bad, you're you're talking relatively, of course. You know, it's not yeah, that bad yeah, yeah. compared to past Sixers' cores or, you know, teams like Minnesota and Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And, you know, I, this certainly isn't... I don't think this is going to continue. You know, I, th- the winning streak probably ends pretty quick here for Philadelphia. I'm, I'm trying to see their... I mean, their next game is... Well, they're home to, they're home to Atlanta on Thursday. When- so it probably ends there. Uh, but, I mean, this... We'll see. We'll see. I, the, the Sixers... Well, let me ask you, Nick. Because here's here's what I've been trying to
2: figure out in my mind: Is it simply Ish Smith coming to the roster, or is it Colangelo and D'Antoni, or is it is it D'Antoni's presence on the the coaching bench that's made the change? Obviously, it has to be one of those three factors, right? I mean, the Sixers aren't just necessarily playing together out of thin air. Well, now, is and it, and it is important to, to know that they're
1: coming off two straight like blowout losses before this game. I mean, a third win in six games is crazy to, to, to fathom, you know, for this team. But uh, I mean. Even if they would continue to win at this rate, they'd still finish wildly under 500. I'd, but you know the 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 D'Antoni thing can't be ignored. Um, you know it, it's it's really tough to tell in the situation. Like, it's hard to, for us as outsiders to imagine like what is what has he possibly done that's just like changed the fortunes of this team and they're they're beating the Timberwolves by 10. I don't know. I mean, if they start contending with with good teams, then it'll then it'll be time to maybe turn your head and consider that. Uh, I, I just don't think the Timberwolves are a very good team. I think they're maybe the the worst coach team in the league outside of the Lakers.
2: Yeah, no, I'll agree with you there. What about Okafor to the bench? Did you like that move? I mean, that's what got the the winning streak start is when he was on that two-game suspension. When he came back, he moved to the bench for a couple of games. And so they were, you know, hovering around five hundred before Okafor was really even impl- implemented into the game plan.
1: I don't know if it necessarily matters with this team, Um Although, you know, you look at some of the the advanced numbers that say, you know, Okafor has been like one of the worst, uh, you know, win shares, you know, those type of numbers on off numbers uh, in the league. And that's really not that surprising. I mean, for a guy who's playing that minutes load and who's that bad of a defender on a team that is full of bad defenders um it's not really that surprising but at the same time i mean they've they won this game with okafor playing 21 minutes he only played 18 minutes in the previous game and they lost by 31 so who knows what that means only 23 against the lakers and 20 against sacramento this is a guy who averaged right around 30 minutes per game in the month of december so if you're looking at this from a fantasy perspective it's a little bit concerning because even though okafor and the 76ers weren't playing well as a team and he was still putting up 17 8 you know, with a block and an assist in the month of December, and now over these first three games in January, that's down to fifteen and four. So, if he's not getting the minutes, I think you have to be worried as a fantasy owner. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know if this will necessarily continue. He's still their number one asset right now, and I don't. I don't think they're necessarily interested in only playing him off the bench twenty minutes.
2: So, I mean, you have three players who essentially play the same position or similar position with Noel, Embiid, and Okifer. There's no way that they keep all three of them, right? Do we want to talk about the trade I hit we hit you with over the weekend, or do we not want to spend the first 30 minutes of this pod talking about the Bucks and the 76ers?
1: No, I, I don't want to get into that trade necessarily because this is the Parker one, right? Yeah, yeah. The Bucks aren't trading Parker, and even I, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I just that they won't. I mean, they won't. They're not gonna. They're not gonna admit that they you know whiffed on this pick basically uh, halfway or a little over halfway through his rookie year. That's not gonna happen. But. They can't really go forward with three centers unless they want to use Noel as, you know, your your John Henson basically. But then the problem there is like you can't play him more than fifteen minutes. You know, you, how are you going to rotate all these three guys in?
2: Well, then you would trade you would trade him now to get more value than when he turns into a John Henson. Eh,
1: well, I don't know. I think I don't know if his value necessarily is going to get lower. I mean, he's a young guy. Okafor is twenty. If you want to trade him, Embiid still has some value. He's going to need to play. Oh yeah, you ride and
2: die with Embiid. I think it has to be Noel and Okafor. Unless you yeah. trade Embiid in two years or a year after Embiid shows that he's healthy and can play at the NBA level. By the way, he has never played at, mm-hmm. at the NBA level before. I think one of these guys has to move. And given the front uh, the front office changes, I think we're going to see it by the end of the year. If not by the
1: end of the year, then it'll be sometime before the 2017 trade deadline which is looking ahead a lot obviously but it depends it totally depends on Embiid's health like if if Embiid is ready to play on opening day next year which I think is what they're shooting for if he's ready to play I think they can roster all three of these guys because it's going to take two months for Embiid to play more than 20 minutes in a game anyway at that point you can kind of pick and choose all right we have three guys here we can probably keep two which one of them do we want to get rid of and then at that point it's a bidding war and you can kind of let the offers come to you with with the knowledge that you know any three of these guys might be available. Who wants them, and what are you willing to give us?
2: All right, fair enough. Let's keep it moving here. We've talked too much about the Sixers, although yep. it's incredible. I think we really- always start out with like Bucks, the worst, Sixers, yeah. like Nets.
1: We seem <laughs> to start on a higher note. Uh, but the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, they didn't play last night, but three straight wins for LA. They beat Boston last Wednesday. Uh, they beat Philly on Friday, avenging that earlier loss, and they blow out Phoenix on Sunday. the The Suns, I mean, yikes! I I have no other words than that. I don't really even want to get into that on this podcast, but that's that's an organization in trouble right now. Um, but but the Lakers, I mean, is this is this somewhat sustainable? They're they're coming together. They've beaten some really bad teams. I mean, Phoenix to me right now is a more beatable team than Philadelphia. I mean, the way that the, the injuries that they have and everything that's going on with that organization, uh, but. You know, you look at the Lakers now; they're eight and twenty-seven, and some people are like, "Oh, they're in danger of losing that that top three spot, possibly in the lottery." Let's look at the upcoming schedule. Tonight, home to go, or yeah, excuse me, home to Golden State, as if that really matters. At Sacramento, a team that's playing well; they just beat OKC last night. Home to OKC, home to Utah, New Orleans, Golden State, Utah, Houston, Sacramento, San Antonio, uh, Portland, Dallas, Chicago. Clippers yeah as you can see where this is going they really don't have another game until February 2nd when they play Minnesota where you're like all right that could maybe be a win and that's still a 50-50 right and that Portland game maybe that's at Portland though on a Saturday night on a back-to-back you you don't love their chances there so any Lakers fans or or, you know supporters worried about that pick uh not falling in the top three you know you never know with the lottery but the way that the schedule shapes up over the next month uh, it should definitely play into that pick's favor
2: Right. So just in case you you haven't looked ahead, if the if the Lakers get a top three pick in this draft, they keep it. If it's four or higher, it goes to the Philadelphia
1: 76ers. Well, four or lower, basically. Well, or I four, guess it depends yeah, however you look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the pick it's... lands in the top three, they keep it. If it's not in the top three, then they get rid of it. The caveat is if they keep it this year, it becomes unprotected next year. So if the Lakers are still bad next season, no matter where they finish, the Sixers get that pick.
2: Okay, we're just getting too far ahead. But
1: Mm. anyways, you're right. If
2: you're a Lakers fan, have no fear. You're about to go on a major losing streak. The wins that they just got against Philadelphia, against Phoenix, mean absolutely nothing. As much as I was just talking up Philadelphia, it's not a good win. They do win in Boston, but you know what? Boston also lost to the Nets recently. And if there's any team out there that Boston can't lose to, it's the Nets. They end up going, is it 2-2 against a team that they're going to own their trade? I tweeted out. they already played
1: four times? They've already played all
2: four times and end up 2-2. a team that you—it's—it's it's like losing twice. I tweeted it out the other day. The Bo- Boston essentially lost twice, um, so that win is is pretty good. But I mean, Scott is going to be gone by the end of the season, right? So you've got
1: young pieces like—I don't know. Like I hope so. <laughs> I don't. I think I really do. The more that this goes on and on, it it seems more plausible that the Lakers are just. Like kind of backhandedly tanking, you know, letting Kobe, like they know Byron, they basically, I think have instructed Byron Scott, like coach oh, how tanking. you want to coach. That's, I mean, that's not a secret I anymore. I mean, didn't Bus come out over the weekend and say like, we can't, I think his quote was we can't move on until Kobe Bryant moves on.
2: And it's and a perfect I mean, situation for them it, right it's now. It's
1: just kind of, it's, it's odd to hear them finally say it. I mean, everyone else has known this for three years. Um, but, but I mean, we've seen like they're, they they have not been able to get free agents. They haven't been able to sign a, a legitimate big time free agent since Dwight Howard. And I think the way that that turned out, and you know, partially probably Dwight's fault, but a big part of that was Kobe's fault too. I, like, nobody wants to be that next Dwight and have to deal with this.
2: They're going to be good though. In in a few years, Clarkson, Russell. Um, then you have Larry Nance who's been very solid for them like he's yeah. not he's not necessarily a starter that he's, but right now coming off the bench as an energetic guy Julius Randle, who's also coming off the bench for some re- weird reason they have pieces and I think that they've actually tanked over the last few years better than the 76ers if they get a good coach to come in a top three pick this year then they could be good in the next couple seasons
1: they have the advantage over Philadelphia of not having one the cloud of we're tanking over us you know that that's gonna follow Philly for a while. They're gonna to need to like they're gonna to need to do something or make a couple moves or at least win you know forty games to prove hey we're be- we've moved past this phase of our franchise. Like no one, no legitimate free agent in their right mind would sign with Philly right now. Uh, LA doesn't have that stigma at all. I mean, the thing with that is you know, we talked about the the draft pick. Say they keep their pick, so they get the first, second, third, whatever it is, and you add Brandon Ingram. Is that core good enough? Brandon Ingram, uh, Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell. Jordan Clarkson and whoever starts at center for this team next year. Let's, let's say they pick up, you know, re-sign Ray Hibbert, whatever. They're not going to do that. But somebody of that caliber. Is that team good enough to, to get you out of, like, the, the bottom five, six, you know, and, and avoid giving up that unprotected pick? Next year? I don't know. Is that enough of an attractive core to bring in a free agent to kind of be the steward, you know, to lead those younger guys and, and try to be in contention right away? We can't overreact too much on this one season. The
2: Lakers have gotten free agents in the past, and while they might be in a two- or three-year lull, um, and you know what? They, I mean, Steve Nash and Dwight Howard were major free agents. They didn't turn out, but that doesn't mean that they weren't like the hottest free agents on the market at that time. That was only a couple years removed, right. and so we shouldn't overreact here. The Lakers have a nice young core if they add someone like ingram who who might end up be like jumping simmons by the way for the number one overall pick um they're going to be just fine ingram's been
1: awesome yeah we can get into that on another time we'll probably talk about it on thursday with with james anderson he likes to get into the prospects but i mean you look at the guys who are going to be on the market this summer and like biggest biggest names are you know al horford um evan turner well, here, um, Nick,
2: we got to look a couple years. At, I mean, well, Kevin. Durant. Right. I'm, I'm
1: talking. I'm just talking about the immediate future with that pick. Like, I'm I'm basically oh, saying, man. is it that much better to give it up now or risk giving up, you know, unprotected the next year? Nick Batum will be on the market. He'll be a hot name. Pau Gasol. I mean, I don't know if they would consider bringing him back. Sidebar: I was listening to the radio on the way in this morning, and the it was a I was listening on the ESPN app, so I was listening to the local Los Angeles station, and the guys there were debating whether or not Pau Gasol should get his jersey retired by the Lakers. And initially, I was like, "No, no way! Come on! I mean, like, Powell's a really, really good player, but they kind of talk me into it. I mean, like, he'll pro- he'll retire as the second best international player ever, right? Behind Dirk. Behind Dirk. We're not counting like Tim Duncan, you know, being from uh, Virgin, Virgin Island, Islands, and like Hakeem is kind of questionable."
2: Another sidebar: There's a hundred international players in the league, but I looked at that list recently. There's a g- lot of questionable ones like that. Duy Ducan is an international player, by the way. Technically, exactly.
1: yeah. I mean, there are a lot of guys like that. But I mean, I, I think if you played like college ball in the U.S., that kind of disqualifies you from that. Yeah, I think Duy grew
2: didn't. up in yeah, grew up in Chicago. Chicago, whatever. It's, this is not a Duy Dukan right. podcast. Right. Anyway,
1: the, uh, the point is that there just aren't that many like big time. You know, there's there's Durant, obviously. If you wanna. If you want to throw your name into that hat, and I'm sure the Lakers will. Um but you know, I just don't know if there's like room to make a massive, massive improvement unless you really, really go all out for someone, you know?
2: Two years. Russell Westbrook, yep. Serge Baca. I mean I think I think in all honesty, what they're looking for is is Russell Westbrook. He has all the incentives to come back, especially if K D leaves I mean, we're
1: we can talk about the th- we I've can heard move Harden. The th- they, they would try to pry him away in a trade. Harden, Harden just has Harden's turned an into LA this, guy.
2: yeah, he's turned into this more of an L.A. guy more so than anything like this very Nick Young esque L.A. guy in terms of being a socialite, in addition to a, a decent basketball players, So, I mean, I think Harden, Russell Westbrook, and then at that point when those guys are ready to move over to the Lakers, you're going to have this young core that we've been talking about coming into a role where they could be on a, you know, a Western Conference final team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it just seems weird that the Lakers haven't been relevant lately, you know, and it, they'll get back there soon enough, obviously, but it's, it's becoming, you know, evident that they that it's not quite as easy maybe as it was under the previous collective bargaining agreement to just flip your team, you know, on, on its head like this and i think it just kind of speaks to how maybe not necessarily how attractive these other destinations are but how there's not so much of a gap anymore, you know, between a a destination like a like an Atlanta or a, or a Los Angeles, you know, a team like Milwaukee, Memphis, like there's still a huge gap between that and New York and L A and Chicago. But some of those mid tier teams, you know, are becoming even. Look at Dallas and Houston. I mean, those those teams are in play for just as as many free agents as L A and New York are.
2: Well, you know why? I mean, Russell. I mean, you can get ad deals anywhere now. Right. Russell Westbrook has a huge Mountain Dew ad that you see. Forty-five times, if you watch one NBA right. game, uh, Durant has like T-Mobile or something like that. Durant's He's,
1: got a bunch. Harden's got a bunch. Kyrie's yeah. got a bunch.
2: Right, and so you can get these ad deals where you're making tons of money off the court. You don't need to be in the major markets like you were at any at any other point. Um, so, so that's one thing you know that we're we're dealing with as a new free agent market or situation to. Or you know different factors to factor in when you're when you're talking about free agency. But I I don't know. I think the Lakers have more of a two year plan necessarily that they're not concerned about next year so much because this young group this young group they have right now won't be ready next year. But two three years they'll be ready to bring on a big free agent and actually contend for a title.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Um, the Thunder got blown out last night really by the Kings, thirty three and a season high nineteen rebounds for Demarcus Cousins. I didn't really get to catch much of this one. I was sucked in as soon as the as soon as the Buck spurs game ended, and you know, I sat through that one, uh, I flipped on Kansas and Oklahoma, and that game, I think, ended up going until like 11 o'clock. So I missed the majority of these later games, got to catch some of the, the Golden State game. But, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins, un- unbelievable numbers from him. Rajon Rondo, 19 assists in this one. He continues to have those type of games, six turnovers, but honestly, you'll live with it when he's dishing out that many assists, five steals for him as well. No Omri Caspi in this one for, for Sacramento, a guy who's been averaging uh, right around 18 and nine uh, over his last five games. Darren Collison played well off the bench, but the big story here is no, no Kevin Durant for Oklahoma City, and they're honestly just not the same team.
2: Hot take here, Nick, and I, you know I've been following the Thunder for since their inception if if durant leaves this team next year and it's russell let's just say it's it's everybody minus kevin durant they're a lottery team i don't this team doesn't make the playoffs they're a lottery team I've, i it's so amazing that you know if they have kevin durant this this team can challenge for a title, but if they don't have him, I I mean I think that they're a bottom feeder team. In all honesty, we saw it last year when he was off the court. Russell can go out there and be like one of the best players to ever play when Kevin Durant is off the court. But the team itself, you know, just doesn't lend itself well. It's set up right now where you have two ball hogs just alternating possessions, and if that dynamic is is you know out of whack, the Oklahoma City Thunder just do not function properly.
1: And, and it's weird that you know, Westbrook, like you said, he gets the numbers when Durant's not there, but, like, he still puts up insane numbers while Durant's there, but, like, there's just that there's, like added pressure and added defensive focus, you know, 6 of 23 shooting in this one, 2 of 9 from 3, or that just kind of gets him in this mode where he gets a little bit too out of control, and, and he usually plays out of control in a good way, and I, I think without Durant there to kind of temper things, uh, that, that out of controlness maybe goes up one notch too high, but... I, it would be interesting to see. You know, we got a chance to see what this team is without Durant last year, and they were the nine seed out West. This year, they I think they probably get in without Durant this year. The, the way the West is, um, you know, you could, you know, somewhere between seven and ten, whatever. I, I would kind of be interested to see what would happen if Westbrook went down, and I certainly don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. But if you know, for some reason Westbrook didn't play the rest of the year and Durant did, like, what would happen Would the same situation happen where Durant, you know, kind of has to press too much, and all of a sudden they don't, they're not as good, or would they still be fine? Where you know, we saw LeBron carries, you know, we always come back to, I I should say, always come back to these old Cavs LeBron teams. We yeah. saw LeBron by himself basically with a few ancillary pieces carry teams to, you know, conference finals. Like, would Durant be able to do that? We've never really seen him in his prime without Westbrook. I See, I knew you were going to hit me with this as soon as
2: I looked at it from one angle. you were going to look at it at the other angle. I think that the Thunder are better if you only have Kevin Durant instead of Westbrook and in terms of vice versa. But I, I think that they're like a middling Western conference team, like a six seed. And then I mean I don't know though. Like Ibaka's
1: really, really good. Steven Adams is really, really good. Mitch McGarry is a
2: decent well, here's piece. The thi- like they're deep. Here's the thing. If they're gonna be better, it means that Duran is gonna be averaging nine, nine, ten assists a game. I think he would do that. But he we haven't seen that in his game yet. This you know what I mean? When he's yeah. playing with Russell, he doesn't do that. If he were to you know, flip that LeBron Switch where it's about facilitating and tacking when you need to late in the games then yes, maybe they could contend for a title. But the way that he plays right now with Westbrook, it's just so hard to even t- to picturize that. But, I mean, he would be a-, a legitimate triple-double threat if he ever did decide to flip that switch. Something he could easily do, by the way. I mean, yeah. these great players can do, guy, I mean, do it. I mean, we said, like, Kobe used. did it just because people said he couldn't pass and he mm-hmm. just proved a point and passed the heck out of the ball. Right,
1: and I mean this center team is so deep, and I really, I really think that they almost have too many pieces in the front court. Like we talked about the Sixers with their three centers, and between Cantor, Ibaka, and and Adams, I I almost feel like they could, they need to free up more time for, for Cantor. I mean, if you look at December PER leaders: Westbrook one, Curry two, Kawhi three, Cantor four, Durant five. Yeah, Three no, of the best PERs over an entire month were all on one team. I agree.
2: Kanter needs to be playing more. I mean, he's, he's like you said, he's putting up great numbers in limited time. Nick Collison is someone who they still kind of lean on in pressure situations. Mitch McGarry seems like a young, budding prospect, but again, he's not getting any time because there's just, it's so weird to say that it's a loaded, because it, it's loaded of above average talent who's really reliable, but not flashy.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of what you want, though. You know, it, it, it does in today's mirror, NBA, yeah. it mirrors Cleveland in a lot of ways to That's me. That's true. You know, you got You're your right. Waiters versus Jr. Russ versus Kyrie Durant versus LeBron Mozgov versus Adams Tristan versus Cantor. Like they have kind of very similar pieces. Like what a finals matchup that would be, and really Cleveland versus Golden State versus San Antonio or or OKC, even the Clippers would would be great. Um, but I mean, I just, I just hope that the Thunder are healthy enough when we get to the, when we get to the playoffs, I don't don't care if they lose, if they win. Like, I just want to see them have a legitimate shot. It seems like these last three or four years, something has come up every time and we just haven't really been able to see them at their peak since that, what, 2011 heat series.
2: Yeah. So, um, Reggie Jackson was interviewed by, uh, Wojnowski on the new vertical podcast that Yahoo has. And Woj asked him something like, you know, how many rings did you think you were going to get after they lost originally to the Heat? And Reggie's like, I th- you know, we all thought we had two or three in the bag. And then, of course, Harden leaves, and then you have the injury problems to each, uh, Westbrook and Durant. And, I mean, it's like the lost dynasty, essentially.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there are a lot of teams you can kind of look back and say, what if? But that's, I mean, that's one of them, that if, they, if, if it's not this year and, and Durant leaves or if Westbrook leaves next year, it's going to be kind of one of those all-time situations. And I think it hasn't really hit, you know, current basketball fans or watchers or whatever you want to call it, like the gravity of West, Westbrook, Durant and Harden were all on the same team for multiple years. Like in, in 10 years, that's going to look back and just seem like insane that they were, you know, Harden obviously wasn't Harden back then, but uh, he, the next year he was like, well, he wasn't that far from it.
2: Yeah. I'm still shedding tears about that that's one. It's just crazy
1: that, I mean, you're not going to see in a subage of talent come together like that, like that talent did, you know, Wade, Bosh, LeBron, that's a different situation. Like, These guys were all homegrown products that... You know, I, that they somehow let get away
2: again. The comparison to Cleveland, you could say maybe Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love was—I mean—a top three player there for a couple of years. Well, right, I mean,
1: it could be Wiggins. You know, and then you're kind of talking yeah. the same way. Either,
2: I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, if Harden hadn't have, in all honesty, choked in that finals, like he was just so—he did not do what he had done all season long. He did. Do you think live... that
1: made the Thunder not want to pick because they weren't far away oh, on that's... numbers? Weren't they only like three or four million? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total short, and and the Thunder just wouldn't go luxury tax for him like it's just, it just seems crazy. I know. I uh, I don't know. It's, it's so like, what did they
2: go out and spend that money some, on? I'm
1: trying to think who they Well,
2: Kevin Martin came in and oh, then Oh, great. Yeah.
1: That's um a good call. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good was a really good signing. I mean, you had um, Jeremy
2: Lamb at the time. Maybe you thought he would mold into something. Uh, he was like um, the
1: key of that trade, wasn't he? Yeah.
2: Do you remember Eric Maynor? Where did he go?
1: Uh, he tore his ACL like four times and went overseas. Oh, uh, okay. He was good back he in was the day. Good. He was really good He was good great back for he that He was a great point guard back then, but yeah, too many injuries with him.
2: Anyways, let's. I'm, I'm going to start crying, but it is amazing that the assemblage, like you said, of talent they had, mm-hmm. didn't work out. Real quick, before we move on for the Thunder, I think that KD sends, signs a two-year deal with a player option on the second deal to match up contracts with Ibaka Westbrook so they can give it one more go, and he can still do the whole free agency thing if he decides to.
1: So basically a Greg Monroe. Take the Greg Monroe path, the two plus one
2: well no one no no no, one one, plus one. Oh, one plus one one plus okay, one. okay so
1: one guaranteed yeah okay that's it. i'm trying to pull up uh russ's contract here
2: take your time i can just cry openly into the mic when i think yeah, about all the make, the like, harden loud, gear yeah. i have in my closet the championship because harden was my favorite of the three back oh, in yeah, the day was, me too. I, mean, I was he got the beard and he was a fan favorite and he was great He was he was I always loved the underdog. Like he was an underdog on an amazing team coming Mm -hmm. off the bench.
1: Well, think, what Westbrook's up after, after next year? So you're basically saying you're going to give Durant the one more year, and then he can opt out with you know so, as Russ expires, right?
2: So you're so you're matching up contracts with Westbrook Ibaka. All if they all three decide to come back, then he'll, Durant can exercise his player option and then restructure. But it just just match it up while you still have the same format that you've been able to contend with. You might as well just give it one more year, then do it all over next year.
1: I'm I'm looking at their their kind of long term year by year salaries and just. Cringing slash smiling at the fact that after next season, you know, Durant, Westbrook, Ibaka could all be off the books with Cantor at two more years at 18 million, (laughs) just as as your franchise centerpiece. No, they Um,
2: No, in all like I'm a Thunder fan, but in all seriousness, in two years, they could be the worst team in the
1: NBA for five straight years. Yeah, I mean they're 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 not a a destination by any means for free agents, but you know we'll see. We, we're far a long way away from that, but that's I mean that's kind of one of the storylines that's been lurking under the table for a while. And it, you know we we started talking about this back in what 2012, probably when you know when you start looking ahead at these contracts, and now it's you know it's finally here. And that you know this this might be their actual legitimately last chance with this core. It just seems crazy. A um, couple minor notes: signed Whiteside did not play uh, last night for Miami. And basically, it's, it says he has some pain in his meniscus. He tore, tore a tendon in his left knee back in 2011 as a rookie with the Kings. Uh, this is in his right knee. Doesn't seem like it's too serious, but he also said he felt like he couldn't run, couldn't walk well, couldn't jump, couldn't really put any weight on it this morning. Uh, so that's not the greatest sign for Miami. It sounds like he's going to be uh, slated for an MRI. I mean, if he misses any kind of extended time, this Heat team is in pretty big trouble. They're so shallow in the front court. Here comes Adonis Haslam, yeah, like easy. he always does. Birdman's still on the roster.
2: Birdman's still on the roster. Mari Stoudemire, let's throw it back, baby. Um, but, yeah, they're in serious trouble. They're they're a team that's going to hang around no matter what. But um, <laughs> we kind of thought he might be off the books at this time anyway, right? Whiteside? Yeah. Character oh. issues. We, we No, we legitimately talked about, like, would he even make it through the
1: whole season oh, on the roster? Oh, yeah, yeah, a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I think that he kind of have to play this out. Like, they, they're not going to – I don't they know. They can't – you're not going to get anybody like better for this year. And like with the way that this roster is constructed, they they kind of have to give it a shot this year, right? I mean, Wade's not going to get any better. Bosh is kind of on the...
2: Luol Deng, uh, Gerald Green, these are right. all
1: old, older guys. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and if you could flip him for... He's, he's such a weird value guy because like, there's nothing... He's basically an expiring deal and a really cheap expiring deal, but you're not going to get his bird rights or anything like that. It's just kind of a... I mean, you can't treat him like anybody who's making the veterans minimum, but like he literally is just a veterans minimum guy right now.
2: Um, real quick. Did you watch last night's game where Wade hit the layup to tie it and go into OT? No. Okay. So, well, it's a shame. If you can look up the highlights while I talk about it real quick, just look at that. I I actually thought, um, and now of course I got to go find the game. Um, so it was an inbounds play. There was like 2.7 seconds left. Um, it's kind of like an end around to Wade. Wade gets it at the top of the key. He drives and goes for a layup, ties it up. He left Gerald Green wide open in the corner to win the game. I mean, I, I was hoping that you'd watch that because I'm watching it right
1: now, yeah. he, he,
2: attacked the, he attacked the basket on the left side and he ended up drawing Gerald Green's uh, defender because he bit hard, still made the layup, but I don't know how you don't make that pass in the corner.
1: Uh, because it's Gerald Green uh, That's that's about the best explanation uh, Explanation I should say I can give you there um, So close to a contested I mean, he, he layup made a, He made
2: a game winning layup what are, you, what are you
1: complaining about?
2: I, I don't know I just thought you might have he A high take away. on that you, yeah, You're I mean, usually he, on top of stuff like that
1: No no I, I mean I just don't I don't know if it's even if it's like Bosch, he was shooting like 40%. Like, yeah, sure. And Bosch but I mean, is
2: technically their best three-point shooter. Right,
1: exactly. I don't, I don't know. I just I think that, I think that's the right play. I mean, he'd, it's Dwayne Wade going to the rack. I'll take my chances on that rather than Gerald Green corner three.
2: All right. So I just wanted your take on it. Fair enough.
1: And maybe I think differently if Wade, if Wade misses it. But, you know, I mean, in retrospect, it's pretty easy to say, oh, that was totally the right move. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, he was open. There's no denying that. I just think it's, you know, Gerald Green. Okay. All that's, right. all, that's all I have to say enough. on the matter. Fair enough. I just um, wanted to get that out so quick. I just
2: ditched whatever topic we were talking about before. <laughs> I don't remember sorry. what we were talking about. We were side. talking about wide All side. Right, well, we'll
1: move on from that. I wanted to talk Bucks Spurs, but honestly there's nothing to say there. The Bucks are one of those teams that and I think I said this before the season, they have a better or before they first played the Warriors. They have a better chance to beat teams like the Warriors and the Thunder and the Cavs. They've beaten the Warriors and the Cavs already this year than they do the Spurs. Like the Spurs just see the Bucks and just slowly methodically dismantle them it's like when the patriots play the jaguars it's the exact same situation where it's like the patriots might not be the best team like the panthers would probably are probably better than the than uh the patriots and the panthers killed the jags too believe it or not this year uh but you look at new england and they just they just think like this is going to be so easy like the, they just exploit everything that the bucks do wrong and it's just open shot after open shot and that's exactly what happened like the bucks came out hot in this one They they built close to a 10 point lead in the first quarter you know, I go to make a sandwich, and Jonathan Simmons is at the line for his third like and one layup of the half. He <laughs> got a and lot Amazoga. of run on Twitter last night. He was he was playing really well, and he's played really well in both games against the Bucks this year. But yeah, we'll move on from that one. Bucks are Bucks well, are at Chicago tonight.
2: Well, I do want to ask you, who do you think should start? Because I saw you tweeting about this a little bit. Um, OJ Mayo at point guard or MCW? Because obviously, on the defensive side of things, the numbers would lean towards Mayo. But right. does that make sense?
1: You know, it depends on how much stock you put into those lineup numbers, and they're, they're there for a reason. They are valuable in a lot of ways. Danny LaRue, a guy who's really, really good with this kind of stuff, he he does the dunked-on pod most nights uh, with Nate Duncan. He tweeted out that that Bucks starting five, you know, their default starting five of MCW, Middleton, Giannis, Jabari, Monroe, is allowing the worst defensive rating, 116.9 points per 100, of any lineup in the league that's played at least 100 minutes. And and I, I went back and checked that out on NBA.com. You can do all that on NBA.com slash stats. And it was bad. I mean, that's it, it's by like a fair margin, and like you know, one or two points in that in this kind of data is is a fair margin. And it, it, I mean, it's not it's not great. But then I went, you know, what if they what if they swap Mayo out for MCW, and you know that's been something that they tried a, a couple of weeks ago. And the defensive rating was down to 103.7, which is pretty respectable in, in today's NBA. I mean, right around 100 is is very good. Anything in the 90s is very good. And for the Bucks, I mean, 103.7 <laughs> is just incredible. And that lineup's played 94 minutes, so it didn't quite qualify for you know for for the numbers that Danny Larue was running. And rightfully so, 94 minutes isn't a ton, but it does indicate you know like, is is MCW somehow 13 points worse as a defender than OJ Mayo? Like on paper, it doesn't seem like it, but I mean the number's kind of bared out and part of it is you know the opponents that you're facing when Mayo's on the court with those guys maybe it's against second units you know it's really hard to kind of suss everything out and see what it all means but you know I don't think I don't think that's the issue really I like start Mayo start MCW I think they're fairly comparable defensively MCW is a little bit longer and you know probably a better one-on-one defender but he takes a little more chances than Mayo does um so i think they're fairly interchangeable but like you said the numbers do suggest that Mayo is is the better fit at least with those four guys on the court
2: see my thing is if you're ever going to decide that Carter Williams needs to come off the bench then you should trade him if you're the bucks i think that he has value out there somewhere
1: else and so i trade him back to the sixers in in all seriousness maybe i don't know who else would want him like he's he's a backup at this point you know we did a i'll plug a quick piece on Bucksball. we did a like a round table where we answered seven questions about the bucks so if you're interested in the bucks please go read that um and one of them was you know what you know we're we're two months into the year we're a season and a half into mcw like what are what are your thoughts and myself and, and jeremy schmidt who's, who edits Bucksball, we both agreed like he's not the guy and you know what i said is i'm i'm out on michael carter williams starting point guard of the future but I'm in on Michael Carter-Williams, 6th or 7th man of the future. Like He's been pretty good in a lot of games this year. Like, Kind of single-handedly kept them in that second Warriors game and was a huge reason that they won the first one. And he seems to get up for certain games. Other games he's just completely lost. But I think he's definitely a serviceable and a pretty good option off the bench. I just don't know if you want him playing 34 or 35 minutes as your starter. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. that was phrase wrong. You don't want him playing thirty four or thirty five minutes as your starter. I
2: think the Bucks are like stuck on this length thing, and everyone is kind of you know everyone like they're hanging their hat on. Well, this is a real long young team, and MCW like is uh, like he's the prototypical point guard for being you know long or whatever. He's the longest point guard in the league, and at some point you just got to realize, yeah, the long thing is cool and it's worked for Syracuse for the last twenty years under Beheim, but I'm not sure that it's working out specifically with Michael Carter Williams
1: it reminds me uh you know exactly the same situation as my roommate in college oh, okay. uh one of my roommates started a dynasty and when we used to always play you know NBA 2k or whatever and he started a dynasty and just traded everyone and assembled a roster of all centers and his strategy was I am just going to dunk everything and block every shot and it did not work at all like when he would play games he would win because you know you play the game you get used to it playing on rookie mode but then when he would simulate he would just get killed because he couldn't shoot the ball and um, so I, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that comparison, but basically I, what I'm saying is that, and I'm, I'm joking, Sounds but, like you wanted to get
2: that off your chest for, right. A well, I, I
1: was very upset about his roster building <laughs> strategies. And I let him, I let him know about it, Matt. Um, but he, uh, you know, basically I, I the bucks obviously didn't do that, but I think they kind of thought, Oh, we'll get all these athletes together and you know what they're, they they do not need to be good shooters. They'll be so long and we'll be so rangy. And like on paper, it all seemed great. But when you put, the, when you put the finished product on the court, it you know length and, and athleticism and measurables only get you so far yep fair enough uh <laughs> perfect comparison yeah <laughs> let's talk uh, cleveland real quick before we do the, the a couple games yeah we didn't even tease
2: that but we'll, we've got some games coming
1: they're coming um i just want to ask you real quick kyrie was vintage kyrie last night by far the best game we've seen from him since he's been back really the first game where he's kind of looked most comfortable i guess you know I, I went back and watched all of his shots from those first couple games on nba.com so minus context a little bit but it did seem kind of you know all right i have the ball in my hands now it's my turn to make a play you know this these type of games I mean, he just took over in the third quarter it didn't look like he was thinking about it and toronto the bigger point is i mean Cavs win 122 to 100 like toronto played well in this game they shot 49 percent from the field they shot 42 percent from three they shot 29 free throws and the Cavs blew him out of the water and that's what kinda stuck out to me most is Cleveland played really, really well. Uh, But it didn't seem like they had one of those like crazy like they can't keep this up type of games. It was like this is what this team can be when everybody's clicking.
2: Yeah, a couple things here. Let me just quickly mention about the Raptors coming off tough loss to Chicago, now to the Cavaliers. If you thought that they could contend for an Eastern Conference Final, this this two game stretch should show you that they are pretty good. They can hang with you know for maybe three quarters, but they're just not quite there yet. They need one or two more pieces. Lowry and DeRozan are balling you know their butts off right now, but it's just not sustainable. Um, so I watched uh, a little bit of this game at the gym today and I have bad Wi-Fi at the gym on my phone. And so it's kind of fuzzy and I was watching this fuzzy picture, but then every now and then a player would make this play and I would still know it was Kyrie just by his style. He has such a a stylistic way about playing basketball,
1: like an and one style back from the nineties, right? Kind of. Yeah. It's hard to explain because he doesn't really... You know, he's not like Ray for Alston out there, or even like Chris Paul, I think, is is kind of the most yeah. underrated and one type of player. Like, you know, the, the fake dribble between the legs, the, the type of stuff he does on the fast break. Like, Kyrie doesn't do that stuff, but he looks like he would do it. Like, the way he, like, his normal crossover looks like an and one crossover.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, he swings the ball out so yep. far, but he has control of it. It's amazing. Yep. But I'm more so, I, of course, th- th- obviously, that, that holds true on this fuzzy picture I was watching. But what I'm more talking about is when he drives in and then he kind of, you know, does like a Euro step, except his Euro step is. Actually, away from the yep. basket, ball hitting, over the head, right? Yeah, ball over the head, like a fadeaway six foot jumper over the center. Like, no, who else does that? Does anybody do a fadeaway or like a euro step no. into a fadeaway away from the basket? And so, like, it was just so obvious that he was making those plays out there. And I mean, they were clicking on all cylinders, they got the big guys involved. I, I mean. This team wasn't healthy last year and they still hung with the Warriors for was it six games, five, six games. So
1: I mean, if they're clicking on all the cylinders, I I wouldn't be surprised if, they had if the had Kyrie Cavaliers. last year they I'm very, very confident that they win that series. I think even, think so if, he, too. even if he's at like seventy five percent giving them like twenty minutes, like they probably win that series. They if, probably win game four at home and go up three one and then, you know, they can close it out at whatever point. Um but yeah, I mean if this is another team like OKC, like I'm I pray I wake up and pray every morning that the Cavs don't have an injury. Um because it, this is going to be really fun to watch. Like they they might blow through the East, you know, 4 4 4 getting to the finals the way like if if they're healthy, honestly. I mean the way that I mean they they blew through the first round, swept the Celtics last year with no problem. Bulls gave them a ton of trouble. That was that was kind of the team that Uh, that that puts some fear into them but the Bulls look worse than last year the Cavs look better the one thing that concerns me about Cleveland is Mozgov and they need him to be a contributor they don't need him to be 30 plus minutes a night contributor but they need him to at least give them something and he really has not been able to do that lately
2: well, I think that it's it's not really up to Mozgov what he produces. I think it's up to LeBron. I he can't think catch it's up to ball. Kyrie. Well, yeah, I know. And so that's why it it's got to be very simple stuff for him to for him to produce. It's it's all up, you know, just like him left alone under the basket because somebody bites too hard away from him. Um I I mean, we're never going to say like give Mozgov the ball down
1: in the block and go to work. No, we're not. Especially on I'm this not. team. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, what um, do you mean by contributing more? He got benched. I mean, he's not starting anymore because he can't. Like, he's having a horrendous season. I mean, his numbers I, are terrible. His, his defense hasn't been there. He came but, into camp out of shape after that injury.
2: But he wasn't. I mean, he didn't. He played like good minutes in the finals last year, yeah. but he didn't play massive
1: minutes. No, and. They need him—I'm not saying they need him to play mass minutes. I'm saying they need him to be good when he's in there, and he hasn't. So here's the thing. It's a long season. He's got time to
2: do that. I think that we can actually get to the point where the Cavaliers are favored in the finals if they play the Warriors because we have so much time, and the Warriors are, or the Cavaliers are starting to hit their stride. I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas actually we'll picks see, the yeah. Cavaliers to win if both teams are healthy um, at this point in January.
1: Cleveland, or Golden State's going to have home court. That's one thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, unless Cleveland, rips of off, if Cleveland like rips off like a twenty game winning streak after the All Star break, and they they go you know thirty five and four after the break, and Golden State you know finishes with like ten or eleven losses maybe, uh, but I think Golden State being at home is going to be big, and unless they have a major injury, it, uh, you can't you can't bet against Golden State.
2: Well, here's, here's another reason why you said if the Cavaliers go through 4-4-4 four, 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 and then the Warriors, you know, they play, I don't know who they play in the West, maybe, maybe they play Utah, a good defensive team, maybe that goes five games, and then you play, I don't know, the Thunder, and then you play the Clippers in the finals or the Spurs in the finals. That's true. The, the road if to the pushed, finals yeah. is going to be, it's going to be very rough compared to the Cavaliers. So I'm just throwing
1: that out there That's right another now. another thing to pray Think for about. every morning is either a, is either a Thunder... Uh, or excuse me Spurs Warriors or Thunder Warriors in the in the West Finals or Sp- or
2: that, uh, I think that's going to happen Thunder. I think, I think one it of those will see three. the only team that would ruin that would be the Clippers and right. then
1: even then it would still be a good series and the, the Clippers are worse than last year, too. I don't know. It's going to be one of those three, I think. There's no way the Spurs bow out in round one like last year. That was, no, no, that was no. strange. Um, so you have in here in, in our little plan, five-on-five schoolyard pickup game. And I haven't really been briefed on this, so I'll let you take the lead on what this is all about.
2: Yeah, so um, I just thought it would be fun because we do this in fantasy a lot, you know, who's your first-round guys. But if me and you, Nick, were the GMs and we win a million dollars – If 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 our group of five guys win the game and let's just say each player wins a million dollars, everyone's perfectly healthy, but they're there. They're who they are today. Right. So we're not saying like back in
1: like just a one game, just a one
2: game to 21 five on five. We're going to pick them up. Um, We'll we'll toss a virtual coin here. Um, You know what? You can go first. It's fine.
1: Okay, is this this is real? Like we're actually getting a million dollars? No, like no, no. This no. Out? Okay, but oh, I just no? I just want it
2: to be clear that everybody's playing hard here. There's no ulterior motives, and we're just gonna schoolyard pick the entire league.
1: So, oh, you give me first pick. All right, you can take first pick
2: because I don't think it really. I mean, it matters, but
1: um, well, we're gonna wipe injuries clear, right? Like KD doesn't have a sprain. Right, too. right, right, right. <laughs> so,
2: so it's it's who they are okay. today. Like Tim Duncan is still old, but he's not. But he's perfectly healthy. All right. Well, I will take
1: uh, Stephen Curry.
2: Oh, you're going Curry number one. Yeah. Sorry. I'll no let you one, no one matches in your own that. Team.
1: No one matches that as a as a space I'm, a space creator.
2: I'm. A, I can't believe you went Curry one. Okay. Well, I'm going James.
1: Okay. You're going at small forward. Okay.
2: And there's no like roster restrictions. I we have like the five spots, but if you want to play like LeBron
1: James at the five, you can do it. Sure. Whatever. Um. Hmm. I'm tempted to throw Russ at the two, honestly. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I'm going to go KD at the three. Can't give you LeBron and KD. This is like tic tac toe. (laughs) I'm
2: torn between two guys. This is making for great live (laughs) live podcast powder. Um, I'll take Russ. Okay.
1: Take Anthony Davis at center. Are you sure that's how that's pronounced? Tony Davis? Just kidding. He doesn't look like a Tony. I'll take Kawhi Leonard, please. Oh, that was a good one. Shoot. <laughs> I'm actually going to re. I'm going to go back, uh, trade back. Oh, some- yeah? <laughs> you want to trade? Uh, uh, yeah, tra- totally forgot, he, no was, trades easy forgot he was still in the league. And no make it, take it He's in this playing. game. <laughs> um, uh, probably not, uh, not Lou Williams. <laughs> um, <laughs> for Zinga's is tempting. I don't oh know. Um, no, give me Blake. Give me Blake Griffin at Power Forward. Okay.
2: Hmm. So the way I've written it up, I need a power forward and center. But Pachulia's still on the board. Yeah, he is. Gosh, that guy's a double, double, double magician. I am going to take Boogie Cousins. Ooh, good
1: choice. Should have gone him at power forward. So you decided? You don't to take have any play- shooting, though. You got to get a stretch four. You're gonna be in trouble. Don't tell me how to. Don't tell well, me how, how to win a million dollars. All right, well, I'm going to finish out, go all Western Conference. Or no, actually, no, I'm not. I'm going to pass on Mr. Harden and go with Paul George. So I'm going to go Curry, George, Durant, Griffin, Davis. Okay. Okay. So I have Westbrook. pretty happy with that squad.
2: Westbrook, Leonard, James, Cousins.
1: Does Kaminsky have power forward eligibility? Yeah, it's a tough call. Adrian Payne played pretty well the other night. (laughs) Uh, Drummond. Yeah, Love. no. I thought
2: about Drummond.
1: Bosch, I'm not going. I'm
2: not going. So I'm going. Um, I'm going to play James at the four. Okay. I've got Westbrook, Leonard, James. Uh, basically, Leonard at small forward, and I'm going. I'm going Harden at my two. Okay. So so essentially, we've got Curry matched up against Westbrook, Paul George against James Harden. So sounds like you win that one. Um, Duran against Leonard who I, I want to see that's in the playoffs that's close to
1: a watch because Leonard is that yeah. good
2: Blake Griffin against LeBron James and Anthony Davis versus Boogie Cousins
1: I think I win this probably 100 out of 100 times nah I don't know about that <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how are we going Is there a way that we can figure out? Like, maybe we should run this on like NBA 2K yeah. uh, and do some simulations. Oh, just a sec.
2: I want to go and pick all
1: centers then. Okay. Yeah. Don't ever do that. Not a good strategy. If you're thinking about anybody thinking about doing that out there, I can confirm that it does not work. Um, so, so I guess like we can look at no, like omissions here. Yeah. Nobody. Notable, nobody took Mellow. Nobody, took, nobody Mello. took Clay. Nobody took CP. Kyrie nobody, Irving was somebody who I was Kyrie. considering. Nobody took Love. Nobody Drummond, took Bledsoe. Paul. Bryant Lowry. DeRozan, Dirk, I think Duncan,
2: Duncan would be an underrated person for this type. If, like, if
1: you were expanding rosters to like seven or eight, then yeah. Yeah, no. But not, I th- you can't take him in the top five. He's not very good anymore.
2: Yeah. I don't know. That Andre guy just Drummond. knows how Okay, knows he is to good. Win. I shouldn't
1: say he's not good anymore. Uh, he's just old and doesn't play very many Jimmy bands. Butler,
2: do you think he deserves to be in this conversation?
1: Anybody that scores 42 points and a half uh, I think does deserve to be in this conversation. 40.
2: 40 total.
1: Oh, Oh, forty. 40. Man. Oh, 40. Okay. Not I'm that sorry. it matters. 42 total, yep. Yeah. Uh yeah, nobody went nobody went Damian Lillard either. Or McCollum. I and mean, there's so many good players like that's oh, just McCollum's speaks not there this, yet. Well, no, I mean I'm, I'm just kind of kidding, but it like, speaks to just how deep the league is that you could like we could take these 10 players away and you could still build like a really 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 good 10 man roster even. That would compete with the teams that we pick. Compete, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. I mean it'd be tough to justify any kind of uh, any kind of win there, I guess, but yeah, that was fun. So maybe we'll build like a bottom five. That would be more fun, like a, that would, like a bottom five, like worst possible roster of guys who've played at least 100 minutes or something. No, I think maybe next week that's what we'll have to I'll do. I'll just take like the 76ers. <laughs> um, okay, so Twitter reactions. This is another thing I don't I know. know anything we're, about. What is this? We're
2: rolling out some new stuff here. Um, so new thing, Nick, I know you follow Twitter ferociously. And I want to put your, voracious. I like that, yeah. your your level of you know just catching everything that comes out on Twitter to the test. Okay. So it's like a know your meme type of thing. No, 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 no. So so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say um, I'm going to say out multiple uh, comments to notable tweets over the last couple of weeks since we've had our last pod. So this is pre-Christmas. So okay. let's say it's December 24th until today. Um And so, instead of reading the actual tweet like you know like James Harden is out forever uh, i 'm going to read the reactions to that I don't tweet. That I know I know, but I want you to try to guess what the actual tweet itself was.
1: oh, all right yeah let 's give it a try, okay,
2: all right, so the first one we have here, and i 'm going to swear a little bit, nothing too crazy, but if you 're not into swearing, you might want to bump ahead a, a few minutes um i 'm very into swearing <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you are that's why i' that 's why i 'm doing this for you. Um. So, kicking it off, finally. bout time. What? I know you're not going to get these, but these are the reactions. So people this are could responding. Be like literally any tweet. I know. I know. It's it. It starts out hard. And it, are these all sports related? Like yes. What? It's all NBA rea- related. It starts out hard, and it gets more specific to what it actually is. Finally, bout time. Legend. Oh. Yes. What? Thank God. Tyree's back? I don't know. Okay, you're getting there. This is going to give up his celebrity status. He thinks he's the NBA, not the players. I have no idea what this is. Good deal. Couldn't be soon enough. Good
1: riddance, Joey. Okay. Joe Prisby? No, (laughs) Joey Crawford announcing his retirement. Yeah. Okay. All right. Get the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is
2: a little more clear now. Okay. All right. Sorry. I hope this, if this sucks, then my bad. Just got a few more of these. I think you'll enjoy them. Um, this one might be too tough, but we're going to, you are your Twitter hound. So um, that's a coach. Mike D'Antoni. That's a good guess. Doesn't even look that good.
1: Mike D'Antoni.
2: <laughs> the coach who stole Christmas.
1: Probably could be Mike D'Antoni, and they played on Christmas when he coached the Lakers popovich hack a meal
2: hack a what hack a meal m-e-a-l i don't know i give up so on christmas day allegedly popovich didn't let his players eat and he gave the post-game meal to the media the media was crazy oh.
1: about this on christmas hack-a-meal. day Hack a meal. that's funny okay um no i, mean, I, I guess i'm I like is it like one specific tweet that i'm supposed to or just like an event like an event. Oh, okay. Okay. That, that makes it a little easier. Okay.
2: Sorry. It's not going to be. I mean, I'm going off of one specific tweet that they tweeted off about sure, this sure, event. Sure, sure, but, um, okay. Yeah. All right. This is obviously too hard. I, my apologies. You're going well, to nail sorry. the trivia here in a second. We'll um, see. one more or two more.
1: Uh, she is so tall. Uh, I mean, something about Elena Deladon. Uh, you lost LOL. Let's
2: Let me say a few of these. Um, before you go, tell me how the L tastes. Beautiful couple. All my best to you and your family. Merry Christmas. Santa emoji. Xmas emoji. Or Xmas tree emoji. Present emoji. Laughing emoji. That was all one tweet.
1: It's a lot of emojis. Yeah. Gee, I don't know. It could be any. I'm trying to think of tall girls that I know. I just don't really know that many. Loving the hand placement. Dat ass grab.
2: i don't know i don't know what is it all this negativity wait for the playoffs so after russell westbrook lost on christmas day he tweeted out a christmas photo of him and his wife nina earl got a lot of flack for doing it after the l okay okay (laughs) these are way too way too hard
1: yeah i mean i don't know i mean these aren't like quite maybe big enough twitter events like I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I just don't follow Twitter as closely as you thought. That's not true. I think these are too hard. Okay, let's go
2: into trivia. Let's go into trivia. enough of this Twitter reaction nonsense. My apologies for the terrible pod, terrible pod listening. Let's trivia it up. Okay, um, so I looked at the official media guide, official NBA media guide, um, and a few questions based off the official media guide. Who is or who are the youngest and oldest team in the league?
1: Okay, so if you're going off the media guide, this probably won't be right, but I, I am aware that the Bucks are now the youngest team in the league after the Sixers just signed Elton Brand. Fair I saw enough. I that was tweeted out by by a couple of sources yesterday. but it, So it would have been the Sixers to start the year?
2: Yeah, so average of 23.2 for the Sixers. I think, um, yeah, so yeah, you're, you're Elton right. Elton Brand's like 57-year-old right, right. body he pushes, up,
1: pushes up their limit. Like It jumped them like one full age number. So I think... <laughs> I think it's Bucks one, somebody else, and then the Sixers are like third now.
2: Yeah, so you got Seventy Sixers, Bucks, Trailblazers, Jazz, Celtics, Magic. I was kind of surprised about the Celtics sneaking in there ahead of mm-hmm. the Magic, but you got Channing Frye maybe it hurts Crazy. that a little bit. What about the oldest team in the league? San Antonio, right? Oh yeah, most definitely. Be. Then you have the Mavericks, Clippers, Grizzlies. Three of those, or two of those four teams, are kind of in dire situations now because they're so old. How about the four players in the NBA under six foot? And again, this is listed. Who knows if they truly
1: are or not? Okay. Let's see. Four players in the NBA under six feet. Isaiah Thomas. Yes, he's five nine. Let's see. Shane Larkin.
2: Yeah, five eleven. Larkin.
1: Okay. Um,
2: what it, what is this computer nonsense going on? I'm just like, I just have a list of, list of teams. I don't think this is unfa- on. Okay. This is not unfair. Fair I'm enough. not. I'm Fair not. I'm
1: not sorting by height. Jeez, uh, is, is Berea listed at under six feet? Berea is right at six feet. Ooh. Ooh, what about Ty Lawson? Ty Lawson, five eleven. Ding, okay. ding. One more. Does Nate Robinson count? Yes, sir.
2: Five okay. nine. Good job. He even he's not in the league, but we'll, we'll count that. All right. Oh nice. yeah, my bad. Again, this is at the beginning oh, media of the guide. year. Right, right. Yeah, right. media okay. guy at the beginning of the cool. year. Should have specified that. Let's go the opposite way. Name the four players listed at seven foot three. So these would be
1: all Marjanovic. F- yep. Or wait, wait. Who did you say? Boban Marjanovic.
2: Yes, seven three. Kristaps. So yes, sir. That's Apparently two. still growing.
1: By the way, allegedly, yeah. Um, uh, it was like a. Well, it could be. A, is Gobert? What do they have him at? Seven two. Gobert
2: is 7-1. I've seen him listed at uh, 7-3 and other stuff. I don't know. This What is about that f-
1: other Tibor Plyce, dude? Yes, okay. Tibor Plyce, Tibor 7-3. Plyce.
2: Man, you're crushing this. There's one Man. more.
1: Oh, credit goes, I think I know this one. Credit goes to KL Chenard for his... Dude, you looked these questions no, up. I didn't. How would I, okay, this is not that hard of a question. The guy from, uh, is it Walter or Eddie Tava- I think his name is Walter, Wal- but somehow Eddie is his nickname. Walter Tavares. Tavares. Yeah, I say credit crushed. to KL. He's always on him on the D-League. I see it on the timeline every day yeah that guy has a great background story if you want to go check it out i think i don't know it um canary Islands or something right
2: yeah i think he i don't want to get into it because i can't um i can't quite remember
1: but he, he's you're accusing me of cheating?
2: i don't know you're just you're absolutely crushing these considering I like it's
1: not that there's all, like seven three is like who are the who can i think of are the tallest people in the league like,
2: i'm just surprised you didn't say like Timofey monsgov uh, or roy hibbard or salai majiri
1: I don't Anyways, even know who that last guy
2: is. He plays for like, the Mavericks. <laughs> like, you signed Majiri, the GM? No. Okay. Um, um, all right. Who is the lightest player in the NBA?
1: Weighs the less. I feel like this might coincide with one of those from the short guys. Like, I don't know. Lark- eh, Larkin's kind of big. Is Aaron Brooks not under six feet, by the way? Yeah, he, was, I was, he was on the tip of my tongue, but apparently not. Um, no. He's six feet. lightest. Foot, I believe. Jeez, who's really skinny? A. Thomas is pretty big for his height. Hmm. Brooks is listed at six foot even,
2: by the way. Okay.
1: How about... Yeah, Beret is a little chunky. about oh, Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings. I'm assuming that's a no. No,
2: he's not. Oh, shoot. He's skinny. He's um, 169 pounds, so that's pretty close. He's being the close, bottom yeah. percentile.
1: How about who's a super skinny guy? Campaign. He's pretty skinny.
2: Who? Cameron Payne. No, but he also is in the bottom percentile. Okay,
1: I don't know that. I, I don't. I can't think like Raul, Howell Meadow or whatever. That's a good guess. Aaron Brooks. You said Aaron it. Brooks. Yeah, one sixty one. Wow, good for him. Uh, what about the heaviest player mm. in the league? Jeez, I, what is that? Job last year. Glenn Davis is a free agent. <laughs> It's gotta be. Uh, what about? Is it Bogut? Good guess, but not Bogut.
2: Mozgov. Good guess, but not him either. Porzingis. No,
1: these are all very high, though. I, I bet. Um, Marjanovic. He's a pretty big, dude. Also a good guess, but no. You never know about Zaza. He's kind of
2: he's packing a lot of a lot of weight in there. He's pretty high too, but he is not. Marcus Saul? great guess because that dude is thick but he, he, is, thick. he is not
1: um, uh let,
2: let me give you a hint there's only one player listed above 300 pounds in the league and he would be the heaviest player oh boy
1: i want to say pekovich but i don't think he's quite he's not tall enough um 300 pounds that's a lot of pounds it is a lot of pounds. That's so many pounds oh uh is it aginsa good guess asik uh marcus is
2: 255 which has to be what? a lie, by the way no <laughs> way no is... way uh, apparently according to the official media guide he's five pounds heavier than his brother Pau, and that can't be why that's um, not true. you want me to just tell you yeah Pekovic, 307
1: it is pekovich yeah you're telling me Pekovic is like 40 pounds heavier than marcus <laughs> yeah there's no way I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't i'm not i don't doubt anything uh, related so, to Nikola pekovich
2: al jefferson lost was it 20 pounds right he would have been the heaviest player had he not went on that diet in, during the offseason. In the um, words of J.R.
1: Smith, it's not crack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, league average for weight is 221.88, if you're curious. I was curious. Um, all right, Nick. Name the... You've been talking sauce on these college... I've been talking a lot. Of, well, you've been giving me some ones. I thought I was good at this. It turns out I'm not. I'm going to flip the script just a little bit, um, toss out some colleges. I want their names. But before we do that, name the seven universities which have double-digit players in the NBA. Go. Ooh. Kentucky? Yes. UCLA? Yes.
1: Kansas? Yes. Duke? Yes, North Carolina. Yes, um, oh, here we go. Let's see. I'm bringing up my list of colleges here. I it's got to be another big program, right? Um, of course, yeah. Let's see. How about Arizona? Yes, sir. So that's six out of seven.
2: Yep, we got one more.
1: Oh, come on, let's go big money here. Hmm. Michigan State? Great guess,
2: but no. Oh, okay. Michigan State actually is is farther down the list than I thought they would be. They have six in the NBA.
1: How about Syracuse? They have
2: eight. Uh, They would be the eighth most. This this school, not that it matters, has ten players in the NBA.
1: All right, let's be careful here. And Um, I will
2: say most of them are old guys, are veteran guys. In fact –
1: Oh, that, UConn, right?
2: No. I'm oh s- what? how many do they have? They have a
1: ton. Um sorry, those that was not called for. <laughs> You're wrong. The numbers are wrong. I'm right.
2: Uh UConn is pretty low here. What?
1: I'm checking it out.
2: I will say thank you for I can think of like six off the top of my head from UConn. Thank you for proving that um you did not cheat since UConn has seven. You're right, sorry. So that's not that many. uh What about Florida?
1: Yes, Florida.
2: Okay. So Matt Bonner, Corey Brewer, go, go, Haslam. Don't tell me. See him?
1: Oh, I guess you're looking at the list. Never mind. Go
2: ahead. Uh, Haslam, Horford, Lee, Miller, Noah, parsons
1: Spates. Besides Brad Beal, oh, those yeah. are all pretty pretty much veteran guys. Spates. He, he's not a guy you ever really associate with Florida. Haslam seems weird. I mean, he won a title, I think. Yeah. Or went to a final four. I don't know if they won it.
2: Definitely. um, um all right, yeah, so that they, was a good yeah. one. No, that's you good. did really, really good job. Uh, all right, so we're going to get specific here. Name the two players in the NBA from the University of California. Uh, who is
1: Ryan Anderson and who is Alan Crabb? Of course you're right. You know you're right. Yeah. Good job. All right, two players from
2: Murray appreciate State. appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Uh, I'm Murray not State. happy that you're getting So that's right.
1: going to be Campaign and that's going to be Isaiah Cannon. Campaign? Oh yeah, Cameron. Payne, sorry. sorry. Cam. I guess it, Yeah,
2: campaign just sounds like a nickname or something. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Good job. Nailed it. Name the two players from Western Kentucky. Nick Whalen. Courtney Lee. Okay.
1: And oh man, I really don't know this one. Western Kentucky. I got, it's got to be a Sixer. Right? <laughs> I don't like. Who else goes? To, nobody goes to Western Kentucky. I want to say Kevin Martin, but he's like Western Illinois or something. Yeah. Uh, is it Kevin Martin? No. No. Oh, this um,
2: guy slam dunk champion um arguably the least known slam dunk champion of all time drew painted a picture of himself dunking oh jeremy evans jeremy evans western kentucky he's a western
1: kentucky guy okay
2: great sir all right name the one player from central michigan chris kamen yes name the one player from colorado state jason smith yes i hate (laughs) i hate this I want to stop. Name the player from Marshall. Come on, Whiteside. Come on, carrying the, carrying the torch. All right, Tennessee State.
1: Bobby Covington.
2: Yeah. Wow, man, your Wikipedia fingers are quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I've been telling you, I know all my modders. I don't know why. Last I question, and we can end the most miserable latter portion of a podcast ever. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that- <laughs> This past weekend, Tim Duncan oh, failed man. to score for the first okay. time in his career, although he now sits atop all NBA players with 1,359 consecutive games scored in. Can you name the other four players in the top five?
1: So basically you're saying like he has a, like a streak of 1,359 consecutive games, no longer active. So are the other four still active or just like all-time streaks? Um, All-time streaks.
2: None of these other four players are are still playing. They're all retired. So
1: he has the longest streak ever of a game scored. So other four. uh, Karl Malone?
2: Great guess. He's number two. He is actually – his streak was just three games shorter than Duncan, so Duncan actually barely
1: beat it. Wow.
2: Uh, Malone, uh, Jordan probably? Jordan is fifth on that list with 1,072. Kareem? No, although you would Um, think so.
1: Yeah, you would. Kobe? Nope. That seems obscene that he would not score in a game. Uh, I guess you said they're all old. Uh, how about so? None of them are active either. Definitely not. What about Scott Pippen? Good guess, but no.
2: So you kind of you have kind of have to go with longevity plus a ball. Oh right? yeah, I mean that is a lot of games. Yeah, I mean I think I think I mean a lot of players didn't even play this many games. Obviously, right? Yeah. You know, so Malone had incredibly <clears throat> healthy... what about Drexler? No, good guess.
1: Uh, Rob Moses Malone, no. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, and no, I don't even know if he played that many games. He still plays for the Celtics. No, I, actually, I know, I know. Is that the same guy? No way.
2: Um, <laughs> he's seriously had a long. He has long Reggie career. Miller. No. Should I just Man, tell you, George Gervin? Ooh, good guess. I like here. No, like I your don't style know. who there. Else? uh hakeem the dream elijah won, 1089 and then elvin hayes which i would not have elvin expected hayes. you to get him Stand up. 1084 so ends the worst twitter reaction hey, trivia no, no, no. of
1: all time I, the worst no it's the worst because you got him all right and you cheated i did not cheat if you give me players if you if you think i'm cheating right now like and i will say i did look at them ahead of time but i didn't look them up just name fucking i got to stop swearing on this podcast. i am catching myself twice now. If you think I'm cheating, just like, just pick a roster. All right. Let's do it real quick. <laughs> just real quick. Donald <laughs> alma mater off. Don- Texas A&M. Donald Sloan. Oh.
2: Oh, you were answering? Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, you're too good for to me. <laughs> that, that settles it. Like.
1: <laughs> That's it. It's over. I'm oh. done. Close up shop here. (laughs) All right, all right. Um, We should remind you before we head out. uh, This will hopefully salvage the end of the podcast. We are sponsored by DraftKings. As we said at the top, you can be part of all the action all season long at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire. As you all know by now, with Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging your roster. You can play whenever you want. You can pick a new team every day. You can start custom leagues with your friends uh, to prove that you're the best GM of your group. Go to DraftKings.com now. Enter that promo code RotoHoops. That'll let you play free. With your first deposit. Definitely a good alternative uh now that fantasy football is wrapping up. I think there's still contests on DraftKings for Oh, most definitely um, for playoffs. There's still a there good still chunk are. of games. Right. I mean you can still get in on that, but you know, if 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 it's starting to, you know, the player pool's starting to get too small for your liking, now's a good time to get into DFS NBA.
0: They're gonna kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing this Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless